Talk the podcast. We talk about any and everything, just like the days at the table, hanging with your boys, your girls, and all the homies. Like I said, or if I said it, it's your boy Quattro. What's good, everybody? It's your boy Slick Rob, and there's no introduction needed. Let's get straight to it. What is up, y'all? It's your boy Prodigy, aka Will. Yeah, man, it's good to be back. Um, I know I don't know if you guys have noticed, but we've had some issues uploading episodes to Apple and uh, Spotify. That problem has been rectified. Our the last Cafeteria XD episode is available, and the Extreme Rules Cafe session is available. So feel free to go check those out. And this episode will drop like normal. We're glad to have that fixed uh, as we get to our hundredth episode. But now that that's out the way, Rob Prodigy, how y'all been? Everybody good in the hood? Yeah, doing swell. Can't complain. Just getting by. Honestly, it's been pretty good. Pretty good. Can't complain. Honestly, I'm chilling. You were saying, Prodigy? Very swell. Can't complain. Good to hear. Good to hear. Let me do a little bit of business at the top here. You can catch us on Instagram at Cafeteria Talk Official. Catch us on Twitter at Cafeteria Talk. And if you have to listen to us on Apple Podcasts, <coughs> five star ratings and reviews. Love to see what y'all think of the show and all of that jazz. But, Slick Rob, you already know what you got to do right here, bro. Usher us in. Yes, yes. Yeah. Good, ev- good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Our next segment we're going to get into here is the put-on segment, y'all boys. You already know what time it is. Come on, let's get straight to it. This is the time where we basically like to give out anything, any information, like, now, we think you, the people, should check out anything pertaining to food. In our boy Prodigy's case, he loves to put on food. Or we get our lovely movie put-ons by me, Quattro, Kit Kev, DJ Newell, whoever likes to join us. Um, TV shows, don't matter. We could put on magazines. We could put on anything. Okay, I'm done talking. I've been I've been rambling too much. <laughs> uh, I, was thinking, I was thinking over the top. I was thinking over the top, but yeah. I'll go first. This is kind of already like been a big topic of discussion between everybody. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and put y'all on Squid Game, man. I, it took me a minute. I didn't get on like as soon as it came out. Uh, I started watching it after it was like dominating my uh, social media feeds, and I was like, "Look, I'm just go ahead and check this one out." And <laughs> once I started the first episode, I did not put it down until I finished the entire series. It was really, 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 really thrilling. Um, it was a couple things I was like probably could have did done different. I had little questions at the end, but actually, really, really thrilling. If you're if you're looking for a thrill ride and just some like crazy stuff and if you like watching stuff you know uh foreign films and, and tv shows this is definitely one to check out um it's on netflix only nine episodes is it nine or ten i think it's nine yeah it's nine episodes really quick watch uh one of the episodes 30 minutes the second to last one um and it's thrilling you know i'm not gonna spoil it but check that out it, it, it's it's a fun one oh god that is a fun show man i can't wait um, they're making another one spoiler to any of y'all, but it's been all over Instagram. So I'm pretty sure I know Squid Game is coming out with a another like season. So really, I didn't know that. Nice. 
Yeah, but I guess it's time for me to go. And my put on is going to be something a little bit different. Um, I usually don't put on shows like that. But this show is not on a streaming service. Actually, it technically is. It comes on Peacock sometimes. But most people watch the stuff on YouTube because Peacock has been not peeking or cocking, if you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to put y'all on the Amber Ruffin show. Um Mm. Definitely, I've been putting I've been putting on our women of color lately. That's just been a thing of mine. So y'all get used to it. Love yeah, to Amber it. Ruffin too, and you know, but at the Amber Ruffin show, I definitely do love it. It's very informative and hilarious. Man, Amber Ruffin is in her bag right now. She's killing it. I can't wait till she gets her second season. She's just doing doing wonders, honestly. Like especially when she brings up stuff pertaining to um people of color in America and how how do we get here? One of my favorite segments she does. Um, and she just she has also little skits. It's kind of like her own little version. It's it's her own little version of SNL. That's why I love it as well. It's her own little version of SNL that she mm. just does her own way. Y'all can definitely check out the Amber Ruffin show on YouTube. Um, very informative and actually very funny. That woman is hilarious. And my other put on, I'm gonna put y'all on today. Um, I've been doing two put ons lately, kind of weird. But I'm gonna put y'all on. This is pertaining to the episode we're doing. But I'm gonna put y'all on. Jesus, something flew by me. But I'm gonna put y'all on. Kovas, um, if you don't know who Kovas is, he's the guy that basically composed most of the music for the series of On My Block. And obviously, we all know one of the biggest things about On My Block is not just the story, the characters and stuff, but the music is dope. Like, the score and all that's very hitting. Um, and then the music they use, um, I think he helps pick the songs for the episodes, or someone else does. But yeah, shout out to Kovas. He worked, he's worked on... Um, not just on my block. He also worked on, give me one second. It was a couple other shows. Give me, oh, he worked on Empire. And he, and he worked on the movie Freaks of Night that, that was on Netflix, I think. So yeah, shout out to Kovas doing big things. Um, Can't wait to see what he does next because that dude, his music composing is dope, especially what he did with Empire. Yes. For like back in, I think, 20, I think he worked on the last season of Empire. So yeah. Y'all check. Interesting. Y'all check out Kova's work. You can see him on check. IMDb. Prodigy, let us hear it. Yo, so I'm putting y'all on two food places. Two. One. If y'all go are y'all in Fleming or in St. John's Town Center, y'all gotta try these pizza. It's 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 just so amazing. Like the Wait. sauce is. The sauce is just different. The texture. You know how, like, you go to Pizza Hut and you just look at the pizza crust sauce and you'd be like, I want that garlic pizza crust sauce or whatever it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's them, but 10 times better. Ooh. Hold on, bro. You, okay. I'm I'm ain't, there, ain't there V's right, uh, right by the beach? Like, literally across the street. Oh, I don't know. I don't go to the beach like that. I think yeah, I like where the main uh, parking lot is for the beach, literally across the street is V's Pizza. I think there is. Yeah. And then the one there's another, the other ones in town center. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll definitely be. Well, yeah, I've been there, but yeah, yeah. Nah, I second that put on. Speaking of pizza real quick before you go into your next restaurant. So mm. I had Hungry Howie's Pizza for the first time, not first time, but like for the first time in a very long time. Um, mm-hmm. That used to be our little pizza spot when I lived in Jack's, but my mom got sick from it, and so we moved to like Papa John's. And so at, at an event yesterday, they had Hungry Always Pizza, and it was pepperoni pizza, but the crust was cinnamon, like it had cinnamon on it. And wow. I ain't gonna lie, it slapped. 
Like it was like I ain't never thought about cinnamon like crust pizza, but like it was it was different. That, that's one to I check out Hungry Hours Pizza. Oh wow. Huh? That chunk sound fire. Yeah. But the other I'm restaurant. I'm gonna have to try probably. that. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty good. I was I wasn't expecting it. Hmm. Our other my other restaurant got put on to me because of my coworker. So it's called the China Buffet. It's where I work at near the Younger Men's Circle Plaza. Mm-hmm. Um, um, great lunch lunch special. So you go in, you grab a to-go box, and you can get anything you want starting at $4.99. So I came up in there, and I got me some fried rice and some black pepper chicken. Bro, let me tell you, that black pepper chicken is to bust down for, bro. I'm scraping the plate on my lunch break, and I'm just <laughs> like, bro, I need to have more of this, bro. It's, it's pretty addicting, bro. And, like, there'd be times where my owner would be like, all right, so just go up there and give everybody a plate, bro. I'd be coming back with, like, two bags. Everybody Hold just on, bro. Not, not, be like, not your owner, nah. Your boss. Yeah, owner. Down too with it now, but yeah, nah, don't, don't call him. You don't call him your owner though. That's that's where I'm at. Well, he's the new owner of the store. That's why. So oh, okay. like, he's right. always he's always there. But all right, fine, 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 fine. We just gonna scratch that out. The the new he doesn't boss even man. like to be called that. Yeah, new boss man. Yeah, he likes stuff too. But he's from India, so he always talks about spices and stuff. So oh, nice. Those are my two put on. Big bet, man. Hey, y'all heard it here. Y'all check out the Amber Ruffin show, Squid Game, V's Pizza, and what was the last place called? The China Buffet. The China Buffet. Y'all go check. I had a really good Chinese buffet. Where was it? It's like, it's not necessarily in St. Augustine, but it's on the way. And it was like a little buffet spot. Uh, Chinese buffets are actually like fine as hell. Like, they're not crazy expensive. You just go there, eat all you can, and like, they be, they, they be slapping for real for y'all boy for, will for you in Jacksonville bro when you if you ever find yourself in the old St Augustine area like Bartram oh. out there this restaurant called Relish best burger ever best burger I've ever eaten it's like Subway but for burgers it's that fire oh it's you, didn't you, it's the one um, I, I put y'all went to in Tally they got one in Jacks now. Bro. Yeah, yeah, we did we did look into going to that, but I moved before we can hit that one up. I moved to Atlanta. Oh, no. We we gotta hit back that that Oh, one. don't worry. Yeah. Around Thanksgiving time, we'll hit that up. Just open one up in uh in Jack, so definitely worth 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 checking out. But y'all know what it's time to do. It's time to get into this review of On My Block season four, the final season. If y'all remember, we did a season three review, episode 30, Alexis, Texas. <laughs> Uh, a lot of people love that episode, so of course we gotta come out with the episode with the episode for the final season, man. It's time to get into it. But let me explain how we do our TV rating systems really quick. We do story first. Uh, what's it about? Does it tell a good, well-paced story? We kind of comment on writing, tone, structure, all that stuff. Then we look at the characters. Do they uh, actually? Yeah. Do we look at the characters? Do they carry the show moving forward? Are they interesting enough to watch them uh, again? And then lastly, implications. What are we left with? Do we want episodes, seasons? Uh, in this case, we're going to get a spinoff. Um, but let's get into it. This is your official spoiler warning or alert. I don't know which one it is. You knew we going to kill me for that one. But I, it's this is your official spoiler alert for seasons one through four. If you have not seen On My Block season one through four, stop. 
pause it, watch it, come back to us, and hear our thoughts on them. So let's get into it. First Sto- of all, what are you doing with your life that you're not on Netflix? Fact. Well, mm-hmm. probably. I mean, on the on the on the one side of the coin, doing productive things like getting your life together and not watching Netflix. But if, on the other side of the coin, if you have nothing to do and you're just sitting around. Why aren't you on Netflix? <laughs> so, like, yeah, and watch it on my block. So, yeah, because on my block's that fine. But let's get into it. Story, man. Of course, after the season three, we leave off. This is a two-year uh, jump. Monse has been at away at school. Caesar is now a full-fledged Santos, is the leader of the Santos. Jamal is a football star, crazy popular, and Ruby and Jasmine have finally gotten together. And so at the beginning of season four, um, we, we're back in Free Ridge. Caesar, of course, is a Santos. Um, Jamal and Ruby are in the middle of elections for class president. And Monse is about to return to Free Ridge. Your thoughts, man? My thoughts um, at the beginning. Um, a lot of people said that, like, my thoughts, I thought it was pretty chill. Like, honestly, um, I thought the beginning, like, preferably the first three episodes, which really tackled kind of what happened in the three-year span. Mm -hmm. I mean, two-year span, not three years, sorry. I thought it was okay. Like, it felt fine to me. It was, it was dope. It was a little bit different. Um, creatively interesting how each character really has changed. Um, Mm -hmm. I thought it was dope, honestly. It really, it kind of depicted real life in my aspects of how friends do fall apart and grow apart from each other when things and situations happen. Like, I thought it was okay. Like, I I was pretty okay with it. I'm kind of on the opposite side of the spectrum on that because I feel like um, in terms of showing that people do change in the the four years that they're in high school, 100%, they, they did a very good job with that. And then, like, talking about friendships fall apart, they do, but this... Like the way that the their friendship is 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 set up, it seems like it, it's inevitable for them to go all go their separate ways and never come back together. Um, and like if they did that, it would have made sense to me. Then like them continually fighting for a relationship that like is completely different from when it's from when the show started. Um, so I, I, I thought that was kind of weird. Um, Will, I'll go ahead with your thoughts. Um. I figured, like, when we're going past these two years, I had to go through my head, like, what made Jamal go through this extensive process of joining the football team? Um, and why Monse is, like, you know, being a little fake, you know? You feel me? Because, mm. you know, though that is the squad, the ride or die. And she said after the end of season three that, She'll never forget them and always make sure she puts that picture in front to where she would see it. So I was a little skeptic. Mm-hmm. And I, one of the things I really liked about this season, um, you know, on my block got a unique opportunity that a lot of shows that run uh, long don't normally get where they end up getting canceled and then kind of sporadically have to just end their show and they don't really get um, a very good transition into ending the show and they, they don't have really good uh bows to tie up their their stories but on my block new season four was it they knew they wanted to do four seasons and they got to do those four seasons and they were able to end the show they wanted to and everybody kind of got you know their arc shored up very very nicely which i really liked and even came full circle at the end um when we saw 
those those kids looking over into the party, just like how the the show opens in season one, where Monte Caesar, Ruby, and Jamal are looking into the party Mario was at, and like his graduation yo, party, his yeah. graduation party, and then we end up at their graduation party. I didn't even consider them ending the show that way, and then for it to all come full circle, I really really liked. Yeah, I would say, um, yeah, like this show, like really got really was I think it's one of the very unique shows of Netflix because a lot mm. of Netflix shows we get get canceled after like maybe one or two seasons like and characters and stories are left on the table and like on my block and shout out put on the fans shout out to us fans like the cast even said if it wasn't for y'all we would never would have got this fourth season or the second season at that mm. so this is dope like it's dope that they were able to Lauren and Jeff and Jeremy Jeremy not Jeff Jeremy the creators and writers, I think, of on my block definitely, definitely were able to do something special with the story and all that. And I think it's dope, like how they were able to tackle real life, high school, mm-hmm. and sort of the streets all in one. Like I thought that was pretty cool. Able to Absolutely. tackle that all in one. Like shout out to them. Major props to them, honestly. Absolutely. And, and just some some of the more technical things. Uh, the show I've always really liked that on my block has been so colorful in the way that they they've done the show because the show could easily be a darker. Not darker, grittier show, but like mm-hmm. it could easily not do what it did and not have the color palette that it has. But it's yeah. very, very colorful. And given like the, the where they live, it would be. And I really like that about it. And I say this. Well, I'll let y'all talk about like if y'all have any thoughts on like just the color or just the look, cinematography or anything like that. I was oh, I was going to get into that, but you beat me to it. Yeah, um, definitely. The color and the cinematography is gas. Like I, one thing that always amazed me is how. I could tell they take aspects of this is other put on way different show grownish like how grownish they mainly shoot with one specific mm. camera. I can mm. tell on my block sometimes shoots with one specific camera, but it's just how they're able to balance out the whiting, the white and all that. Because like I've been working on sets lately, um, and I can tell like the work, the time, the main thing I think that takes um productions long to do is definitely setting and lighting. Because usually after every take, you have to re. Mm-hmm. If you're not quickly eight hey, back back to one back to one, you're quickly having to adjust the lighting and all that. You're having to wait and all that. And on my blog does it very well. And cinematography wise, just man, they yes. love. I love how they can go from a long shot to a medium or close up shot so eloquently. And like the camera, we never really had an issue of camera shaking and all that. When on my block, the people that do the steady cam shots, gas man, the people they be in a bag with the cinematography. Like even though they've kind of shot at the same. What's so unique is they shoot at the same, they shot at the same places all four seasons and they really dumb something different every time. Like That's awesome. the houses, like the houses they live at, they all differently, they set them up, the mise-en-scene, whatever you want to call it. Nice gas. Like shout so, out to the creative department. All My Black wasn't one of the shows that you were, that you were on, was it? No. Okay. I keep, I keep I getting, <laughs> I keep getting confused with the other one you, you were working on. Yeah, I, I can't you. say the I can't say the other one I was. Yeah, on. I, I can't say the other one, but yeah, yeah, I keep, I get that confused with the other one. Um, Prodigy, any thoughts on the cinematography, the look? Um, you know, I, I like the lighting, especially when um, where it was like Monse called Caesar, and Caesar was at hit the house. Just like the the color grading and the lighting of it, it had like a I'm talking about yeah, yeah, yeah. like a grayish grayish texture to it. I thought mm-hmm. that was just beautiful because it it felt like 
well, one, he was alone, and it truly seemed like how how was he going to do it by himself? Yeah. And, like, he was always trying to figure out one step on how to um, get the money back and stuff like that. And it, it's just those small little details. Mm-hmm. And, like, what was it? The um, The quick takes of when it was all the parents in the table in Ruby's house and they're just asking their ch- and yeah. they're asking everybody like why didn't you tell me this and it was like a quick check and they was like I did and you don't you weren't paying attention I just love that uh mm. the quick takes of everybody's faces and stuff yeah uh you kind of touched on it the uh I, I, you were kind of touching on like the ba- not the background the um the scenes like that were in black and white where they show kind of like what was going on in the last two years yeah yeah the, yeah, yeah. yeah so um really like the, that those all look really cool to me except when spooky was on screen because spooky of course had he, he had grew out his hair for season four and he had a ball cap on so his head looked bulbous in it but other than that like that was a nitpick really nothing you can do best you can with what you have um the only thing we so we mentioned in our uh, season three review that when they did season four it would probably be cool for them to just do an ep- the first episode of this season just to be like an episode of them like explaining what kind of went on the last two years because if you put all mm-hmm. those all those little flashbacks together you probably could do a quick episode and just be like all right this is what happened now let's get into the season but mm-hmm. i mean i like the little sporadic like all right this happened this is why this is going on um because it wasn't like it wasn't like a lot of them it was maybe three or four that i could think of off the top of my head um and then plus the one where uh, caesar was a little kid and spooky was going to jail for the first time yeah um yeah, that was beautiful yeah that was really cool um, but, uh, without getting too much into character stuff, I know we got, we got to show up a lot of, uh, character stuff. So let's go ahead and get into it. any more thoughts on the story, um, the writing, anything before we move on to the characters. Yes. And this is something I have to mention and I was going to kill myself. If I did not mention this about the writing. I love how everything comes full circle in this show, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. from the start to the beginning. And it's not even with how the show ended, it started it ended. I love how each character has a callback from a, a different season like i love how in the writing and it's mainly with the actions not the words but um obviously with words too like mine for ruby is not ruby i mean mine for jamal was definitely when this was so subtle i don't think a lot of people noticed it but it was in one of the last episodes when jamal was coming went goes back to ruby's house and he goes into the fridge and grabs the marmalade and i'm like Mm. Yo, <laughs> okay, on, yeah. Remember, because Jamal ate the marmalade and Ruby was using the marmalade for something. Yeah. Else. And then Monte definitely, Monte's like, I can't save him. Like the callback to basically season mm. one. Wow. See, like, and then I think what was it with not Jasmine? I'm trying to. Oh, oh. there was another one with um Jamal where I don't want your sloppy seconds. That one, I love that one. There's that one, and then where he was wearing Caesar's clothes because Caesar wore his clothes. Yeah, I think season two. Season two. Wow, that's insane. I I literally just that's indicative of what it means when a show is able to end when it wants to end. They're able to know, like, I'm gonna do a little callback here, I'm gonna do a little something here, I'm gonna do a little something there. Like, I'm about to watch another final season of a show, 
Shameless. Uh, they they finally put up season eleven on Netflix, which I've been waiting on for a minute, and I'm sure you're gonna see a Ooh, lot of things you. like that. I know, right? Yeah, I saw I it yesterday. I got to I got to get back God. to Shameless, bro. Yeah, I Shameless. I shameless. Have, that I haven't finished watching. I'm not up to date. I'm on season six, I think. Oh yeah, you got some movie. You got some. You got some Ooh, seasons. Well, to watch, you, yeah, it's eleven. We talking about. But yeah, I know. I know. I'm about to see. I'm sure I'm gonna see a lot of callbacks to to past seasons and stuff like that with Shameless. So, uh, really, really cool thing to point out, Rob. Uh, all right, let's get into characters, man. These characters we've been following for four seasons have left different impressions on everybody. So let's get into it. Our first character we got to talk about. Let's go ahead and get into Monse. Prodigy, you got to go first with Monse. It's fuck Monse to the day of the world, bro. I don't <laughs> like Monse. Monse, don't get me wrong. The, the actress that plays her, fire. But her Sierra Capri, don't we love like you, Sierra Capri. We love you. I don't like you. And here's why. The one. Season and it all started out at season one. She comes back from writing camp or whatever, and she's and she's hot, like you know, she's feeling herself as you should be. But when Jamal and Ruby are sitting there saying, Yes, Caesar said you she, he boned you. Why don't you just come out there and be like, Yeah, he yeah, he 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 we smashed, we did all that for one, you denied it or did not want to deny it and just sat there and just strung it along. And then therefore, when Olivia comes in, you talk about, oh, there's nothing between us. Why you got to lie? Why? Mm. And then honestly, it's just this back and forth, like always. It's like whenever time Jamal's trying to figure something out, it's just always bashing him down. Um, and and just things like that. And it's always like there, I always kind of got like a negative vibe sometimes with her and I just threw me off. That's the thing. Mm. I, I've okay. always I've know I know a lot of girls like Monse, where Monse, um, where she normally gravitates more so to guys as friends, like they're they're the only girl in the friend group. But a lot of those girls, they straight up homegirls, bro, like they cool as shit, like you know, they down for whatever, like they cool. But Monse was just like negative all the time. Like, just like on, at every turn, just like wanting to be somebody mama. Like, hey, don't nobody need another mother. I tell I tell my parents all the time, bro. God gave me and she gave me two parents, and that's enough. I promise that's it. Oh God. And oh, so it, it's like that was that was kind of like everything I, I agree with you. Uh Monse probably has been my least favorite character since season one. I just I'm her character is annoying to me. And granted, she has some very emotional moments and where she shined, uh, you know, dealing with her mom and stuff like that, which I really enjoyed from her. Um, but that was pretty much it for me. Um, oh, one more thing on Monse. Um, I, I, for me, it feels racist that every time they show Monse kind of leaning more to the side of her mom, which is white, the first thing they do to, to tell you that, visually at least, is to straighten her hair. And I'm like, bro, there are black people that have curly hair and then they act quote unquote white. Like that is no longer just that. It just racist at this point. Like you don't have to straighten her hair to make her seem white, like to make her seem more that that's okay. Because if you're going to be white, your hair has to be straight. Like there are straight there are curly hair, white people that have more curls than black people. Sometimes they got so much curls. Even her, her mom's hair was curly. <laughs> I don't think Selena was completely white. I think Selena was Hispanic as well. I think that was touched. Selena had got a little something, you know. She got a Selena, little something. yeah. Monse, 
Yes, Selena is Hispanic. Remember, she was te- in back in season two. She was teaching her kids Spanish while they were Spanish, talking. Spanish, yes, that's right. Mm. But in my thoughts on Monse, and well, definitely because of the shit she did in season one. But well, to piggyback, I think on why she did that, why she kept lying, was because of what Ruby had told her about entering high school with a rep. But mm. then again, after like come season two, Olivia's gone. Um, she's obviously the one that knew it was Caesar. They all knew it was Caesar, the one that did. It. Why? I don't did know she- how it wasn't obvious. I think it was overall just trust Jamal and Ruby had their two. Like, that's my, that was one, that was the nitpick. Well, we'll get into Jamal and Ruby later, but, um, or next, I don't know. But like with Monse, like, it's not the fact, like, when the cat was out of the bag and everyone found out, she continued to act like there was nothing there, but yet she still clinged on to Caesar. And that just shows the ideas of toxic relationships. Like, Monse mm. was a very toxic person. Mm. Now, I do give them their credit. Shout out to the makers for giving her her moment where she finally is, where she kind of speaks on what she's been trying to do for the longest. And that is accepting herself and being herself and being along is okay. And moving on from Caesar, it was so good. But the fact we had to wait four seasons for that irritated my soul. But then again, this does depict real life. Like real life toxic relationships are like that, especially Mm. with females not moving on from guys and letting go of them and their issues because they feel like they can help them. Ladies, Monse is the definition of you can't change a man. Mm, come on, someone. You can't you can't change him. What did my Angelou say? If he tells you who he is, if they tell you who they are, believe them. Exactly. <laughs> so, like you might have, shout to, out, you might have to, to say that Angela. again for the females in the back. Cause I, don't I said I said if they tell you who they are, believe believe them. them. <laughs> Let's go on to the next one, man. We got to talk about Caesar, Diego Tinoco's character, man. Uh, Caesar for me, Caesar was a point of contention for me this season. I usually am like, I'm like, I right, Caesar, whatever. But Caesar this season, uh, first off, first and foremost, bro, just clear your throat. Like, why the hell? Him and this voice, bro, it was disgusting. Batman, he was, he was, it was Batman. so bad, was bro. Bad, bad, like, bro. it just like he was pursing his lips. And he was, yeah, I'm Caesar. I'm like, bro. Just talk normally. Like you already have a deep voice. You don't need to do this. Um, other than that, like he, I like the transition from him being a Santo. Although it annoyed me the first half of the season where they were like talking about everybody. Literally everybody was warning him. Like, all right, look, now the Cachillos is dead. Like people are gonna like question your authority. You are a senior in high school running a gang. Nobody really respects you. You need to lay low. You need to do this. You need to do that. He was like, I'm Caesar. I'm the leader of the Santos. I can't be beaten. So it was already like, Caesar, ain't nobody scared of you. Why don't you believe people when they tell you that, like, brother, heat is on, you need to lay low? That annoyed me. But other than that, Caesar, you know, the, with the you kind of already mentioned the will he, won't he with Monse, annoying. Um, but the moments after, you know, Spooky, spoiler alert, his killed were really cool. Um, and then, you know, his ending was, was fine, I thought, whatever. But Caesar has always been a whatever character for me. Robert, your thoughts on Caesar? Man, for Caesar, I like Caesar has always been like just a an interesting cat. Honestly, like in well, in terms of Caesar dealing with Monse, um, I, I was kind of bummed it was him that didn't end it off with Monse, but Monse ended it off with him. That that I personally didn't like that because I feel like Caesar should have been ended off with Monse like a long time ago. But in regards to just Caesar as the Santo and all that, I liked how it was. I my thing with Caesar, I feel like. He was he despised Oscar so much, but I feel like he wanted to be Oscar like throughout throughout the beginning of the first of the fourth season, like how he was talking all deep, big and bad, trying to really run the Santos. He was really trying to emulate what his brother was and trying to be 
who he was trying to be spooky when while he is little spooky. He was trying to really be spooky, like and like I feel like um that was just very interesting. Um and like how Caesar, like, man, Caesar just had like he's been through so much. But it's the fact he still low-key cared. Like, even though it didn't show, mm-hmm. it looked like he didn't show. But I could tell Caesar still cared. I liked how they ended it with him. Um, like how he's finally he finally feels hope. He finally feels like free um from the life. Um going off to Portland community um with Isabel and his dad, um, and of course the little girl um that Spooky had. I think that was dope. Um Caesar is like he's basically being a protector. Mm-hmm. In the right way. Like, I like that. I like how Caesar's being a protector in the right way. That's kind of all I really had on Caesar. I could go into more, but honestly, I don't... Too, it's, not, it's not necessary, honestly. Caesar was... Like you said, Caesar was Caesar. Right. Basically, Spooky 1.0. Right. <laughs> what about you, Brody? Caesar, for me, seemed like any team... He reverted back to, like, more of, like, a middle middle school teenager like attitude per se because he, he felt like it seemed like he felt like he was he was he was being hard-headed at times where people were trying to protect him and he didn't listen and he wanted to do his own route which seemed okay mm-hmm. um but then there are times where he was like being protective and stuff and where he was being protective as he should have been and he was playing like that one role of like, of like a um, what was it? Where he was telling Veros like, "Hey, come on, like really, like really stern." It's it just kind of threw me off in like his character development sort of a way, and I was like, but then again, he always came. He came back, and just became like normal Caesar, like caring there for his friends, stuff like that. Yeah, like. Like definitely, I think also what was so interesting about Caesar was like the like the gradual and the issues. It's crazy how the issues between like, and I think this was a good representation of how friendships um can be affected by money. Is how his relationship with Jamal and Ruby digressed because of the whole Roller World situation. But like, because obviously Roller World was a big thing that played a factor in Caesar's character, not just Jamal, but like how Roller World affected Caesar's life a lot, like. And like I just, it's crazy how the fact Caesar was still trying to get that money for them. Honestly, if I'd have been Caesar, I would have said F Jamal and Ruby. Y'all need, look, y'all ain't look the money gone. We don't know where the money at. Y'all not getting it back. I'm not gonna pay y'all back. But that's just the type of person Caesar is. He's a caring person. He still tries to look out for the people, even though they basically disowned him because of that money situation. Do I blame Jamal and Ruby? Hell no, I don't. But man, Caesar was a man. I still feel like he was just trying to like. He was trying to be like his father, well, Oscar, because um, Ray really wasn't there. And I just think that's how it is. Like, man, man, see, we didn't really, I feel like we didn't really get the Caesar Caesar until season four, like the last five episodes. We got Caesar finally just Caesar without the issues of Oscar or the Santos. We finally got Caesar. And that, it sucks, but hey, bro, that's how it is. That's honestly how it is sometimes. Mm. And moving on to the next character, Ruby Martinez, Jason Neon Janelle, J- Janelle, Jason Janelle, Ruby Martinez. Let's get into Ruby. Rob, I know Ruby's your character, man. I'm gonna let you go first. 
Shout out to my boy Ruby Martinez, man. Man, representing the short people out here. You feel me? You feel yes. me? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> I, I always gravitated towards Ruby because he's short as hell, and I feel and I know like all of his. I think I might. I think I might be an inch taller than Jason in real life. I'm not 100 percent sure, but yeah. Shout out to Ruby, man. Like I just was a the, whopping five one. Five one, yes. Yeah, so I'm two inches taller than him. Shout out, bro. Shout out to Ruby, all the short people out there. But man, I loved how Ruby finally just got his. Man, he finally got. He battled his fully, fully battled his demons, and his PTSD arc is finally complete. Especially dealing with the scene with him and um Latrell that we might get into. Um, man, I just love the fact Ruby was able to. He's finally able to something he's been trying to do with everybody. He finally was able to do is able to address situations right then and there. Because Ruby is that person, like he always said, he likes to. He doesn't like to just sit there. He doesn't like to hold on to things. He wants to address it right then and there. Like you stepped on my shoe, Ruby's like, "Hey, bro, you stepped on my shoe. Watch where you're going." But I understand we're rushing. He likes to work stuff out right then and there. He doesn't like to hold on to things. He wants to communicate, like. And I'm just glad people finally were able to not hold hide anything from Ruby. And he was able to really just put everything out in the open. Like, and I especially love the arc with him and Latrell and then him and Abuelita. Like, him and Abuelita really, real talk, they haven't, their relationship hasn't really caught, like, been out there like that until season four. But you can tell, like, Ruby just was like, man, he's just like, bro, I'm tired of all these people hiding stuff from me, treating me like I'm a kid, can't have grown folk conversation with me. It's not just because he's short, but because Ruby's a sensitive person. Like, he cares a lot. So they feel like he wouldn't be able to know how to handle it. But Ruby's able to handle these situations. And him and Jasmine, I'm glad he was able to tell Jasmine, leave him the hell alone. Let him be a grown-ass man. He's a grown-ass man. Show my boy some respect, man. Shout out to Ruby, man. Like, for real. Shout out to Ruby, bro. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, I really enjoyed Ruby this season. He grew on me last season. Uh, I really liked him this season as well. And like you said, he just... Crux to everything you just said, Ruby, Ruby grew, Ruby's growing up. He grew up. He had to. I mean, and, he, and he's really showing that this season and, and in the ending of this show that Ruby has grown. The Now, I didn't like how they kind of turned him and Jasmine into a will they, won't they. That that was annoying. Um, but Ruby is just somebody that, that just every once in a while has, has to recalibrate, you know, like like everybody. He just needed some time to recalibrate. And then he was back to, to as you would call Ruben, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, which I really enjoyed him this season. Um, he was very um, he was on his fuckboy energy this season, low key. The whole Jasmine thing. I really love Jasmine's arc. We'll get into Jasmine's arc in a second. But yeah, um, Ruby just he grew up this season, which I really enjoyed. Uh, Prodigy, any thoughts on Ruby? Ruby's the man and always will be. Um I'm kind of glad he did face Latrell um, one-on-one. Mm. Um, I feel like um, him having like another moment with Abuelita was um, was a was a key as well because they didn't really have that many moments. I mean, they had like that one like awkward funny moment in season one when they was both in the laundry room slash basement and she was getting high. Mm-hmm. And he was doing his thing with the sock. I feel like that was like a key, a key moment of how like their relationship was. There's like, oh, cool, you're down here. Yeah, I'm down here too. All right, we might as well keep doing what we're doing anyways. So you know, I feel like that was a, that was like, I feel like there was just best friends, a family best friends matter. So, um, 
I'm proud of Ruby for standing up to himself as when Jasmine was just being his spokesperson. He was finally being Absolutely. able to be his spokesperson and oh coming out to who he wanted to be. And I'm proud of Ruben. I'm proud of how they wrote his character to be at the end. Absolutely. Um, any other any other thoughts on Ruby before we move on? Oh yeah. Um Dude finally got to stick it in. Like we gotta, we gotta mention oh, that. Man. Dude, dude finally got his. Uh, <laughs> he did oh. finally get him a piece of jasmine. Uh, he congrats moved on from to the that. Je- he moved on from the sock of the jelly. He finally got him a little piece. That, congrats, was, man. He it just... should have been Olivia, but it's okay. Should have been Olivia, but, been, but it, it, Ronnie it, it, Hawk, man, she's so bad. Oh my so god, she's baby, so bad. Yeah, it's okay, bro. Uh, he finally got to stick it in. <laughs> That's. <laughs> Continuing on, major point of contention on this show, we got to talk about Jamal, Brett Gray. Um, Hamal. Hamal. Uh, I ain't going to lie. Jamal, for me personally, this season was one of the better characters. He had one of the better arcs this season. Um, Jamal was in the center of everything kind of a little bit. Um, He grew up this season. He's still Jamal. He's still a little quirky, little nerdy ass boy. But he, you know, in the two years, he became uh, a womanizer. He became something he never, he didn't recognize. And throughout the season, he was able to kind of tackle, like, who have I become? I mean, going back to his roots in terms of rekindling his relationship with Abolita, which I loved that conversation with him and Abolita and him um, tackling that whole situation and just, you know, really re- recalibrating just who he is, as a, who he is as a character and as a person, which I really loved. Um, but kind of mentioning the Abolita thing one more time. One of my biggest gripes with the final episode, once we uh, we figure out uh, Abelita's death, man, that, that shit hurts so bad. But Abelita's death, I wish we had gotten a bigger, like more um, look into the reaction that Jamal had, you know, because that was Jamal's girl. Like they had just rekindled the relationship and he found out she was sick early in the season. You know, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more reaction from Jamal. Um, that could have been made for a really cool moment in the show for him finding out. Uh, about Abolita's death. But other than that, like Jamal grew up this season. He was, he was a little bit better for me. Um, I'm glad he was able to, he was written the way he was this season. Yeah, I'm going I'm, to I'm go next with Jamal because that's my boy. Um, yeah. Bruh, Jamal, man, like I, Jamal, they find, Jamal was a nigga this season. We, mm. he find, bruh, they let my boy Jamal be a real nigga. Like, and I got to say that. And shout out to him for representing City Boys, um, City Boy University. <laughs> I had to throw that in there because I think my boy um, Eric said that he was representing the City Boys. But yeah, definitely Jamal. Like people, and I say this all the time, anyone that says it's F Jamal like this season, I'm like, you just didn't work watching the show well. There's perfect reason why Jamal became the person he was. He needed to be come this person and tap into his own, like when he finally tapped into his own identity to help him find his purpose. Like, And Jamal is just like, I still think he was like, he didn't need this group. Like he really did not need the core four. They needed him more than anything. Just because it's really because of what he brings. Like he's very smart and he can figure things out. Even though Jamal, it can be so annoying. Yes, Jamal is definitely an annoying person, but he's a smart person. And um, I just love how everything came full circle with him. Um, Like, and Jamal really just... He he got tired of hold, he was still holding his secrets, but Jamal finally was just able to be like bump it, 
And then him and Abuelita, man, like like you said, rekindling their relationship, bro, man, just literally, I think was my favorite part of this season because they were the highlights, honestly. They were the more comedic sides of On My Block. And they, they're, them rekindling their relationship was so beautiful, man. Like, shout out to, shout out to um, Betty um, and um, Brett Gray for doing a, for killing it, man. That was so, man. Bro, that man, Brett Gray, bro. Shout out to Jamal. Jamal was the GOAT, bro. Mm, mm. Uh, you know, Jamal Jamal was always interesting from, like, the first, first season. He, like, always over-calculated stuff. He was like, yo, this happened. Like, he always had, like, a backup plan. And then, like, season three really hit me on how much his plan was when they're going to see if Colchillo's uh, killed Spooky. And he told his parents, he was like, yeah, so here's the plan just in case of an earthquake or something like that. And he gave him a folder. And I was like, bro, this guy right here is just, he's always one step ahead of something. And it showed him kind of like his little um, anxious or like worried side. And then, when season four came along, I was like, who is this jackass always like coming out and always being a jerk to Ruby and uh, Jasmine? And then when he got into the point when Monse came back and they were about to get interrogated and he was like, oh, so you really didn't know what happened? Oh, don't sit there and lie and like you don't know what you said. And like he instigated it so hard and like, it kind of brought out his side of who he was today, which who he was in the season, which I loved absolutely a hundred percent. Like, like he used his his favorite line, "Bitches be bonkers, bro." And like in the campaign, the call back like, too, brother. Like, that was hilarious. And you know, Jamal's always a person that can find out find anything and find out anything. Which why he found out the roller world money. And like the clues of Abuelita drinking tequila to going to ensure and him being at the window, like in the middle of the night, just worrying just shows how much he cares about Abuelita and like eventually comes back and cares about Ruby and his feelings and stuff like that. Like Jamal is a very caring person once once you actually see the side of Jamal, but then also I feel like, and I'll always say it to the day, till the end of the season, Jamal is the glue of that, kind of the glue that holds Ruby in and then also kind of ties back everybody in slowly as well. Mm-hmm. Because um, him and Monse have their conversation about what actually happened and then... It's more of um, Caesar have their little little conversation that ties them back together, and then it ties everybody else back together. Which I I like it because you always got to have that one person in the group that's just gonna hold y'all in together. Mm. Absolutely, I, I I agree. He he did. He kind of was that more staying glue than like Amonse was. I always thought Amonse was kind of glue as well. But see, Jamal has more lasting glue for sure. Um, Definitely. Any other thought, last thoughts on uh, Ruby before we, Jamal before we move on? Oh yeah, um, that man's dance moves. 
sensational. He was killing it. Yeah. And, then that was, and they was able to tap, tap into his um singing ability. I thought that was pretty cool. And, mm. oh, I got a coin Big Kev here. I knew Big Kev, since Big Kev now on this episode, I'm going to just, Kev, I'm going to say it because you. I know you wanted to say it. I knew Jamal made it when he asked Shorty for a ride and she was ready to get on top. I knew he Bro, that job was <laughs> so crazy. Oh I was like, dang, was, Jamal got the sauce like that? He was like, yeah, so can you can you give me a ride? Yeah. Bro, she was I'm like, ready. yeah, with, with pleasure. I was like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Bro. And last thing on Jamal, Jamal was dripping this season. Like oh, this is the one drip. of the few times I was like, Jamal was Jamal stepped like for this right. season. He always stepped with his shoes, but his whole game was oh, bro, his whole game was on point. Oh, um, through drip. Next, my favorite character of the entire show, Jasmine. Man, Jasmine played by Jessica Marie Garcia. Really enjoyed her this season. And, you know, for a lot of the seasons, um, uh, for the whole show, she's really been about everybody else. You know, she was helping her dad and she was taking care of Ruby and, and, and kind of helping them figure out the, the mystery in season two and three. And it just was really, really cool. And she was always a character that was like a lot, but kind of calmed down. Like She definitely was not the same character from season one to season two. And she wasn't the same from season two to four. Or she wasn't the same character in four as she was in two and three. So, like, she just was always a character that really warped and grew, which I really loved about her. And this season, they really were like, look, she's been about everybody else. Let's make Jasmine be about herself. And Jasmine was on her self, self-care, self-love, and really like, look, I'm going to be about me. Which kind of pissed me off how, how they ended her arc in the show where she has to be about her dad because her mom is moving to Dallas and she's gonna like have to like defer her um her getting into the, her dream school, which is Berkeley, um, just to take care of her dad. I was like, man, like it's like having the rug ripped from under her feet. Like you got everything yeah. you wanted, and now you have to you know defer your dreams. And that kind of you know miffed me about the end of the show. But now nah, I really really loved uh, Jasmine's character this season. Yeah, um, Jasmine was Jasmine was a. Uh a funny character from season one. I remember when y'all, I know y'all remember when they was walking to the, um, um, what was it? Not open house. Um, orientation. Orientation. And they all, all of them looked back and they was like, uh Oh, and she was like, Hey guys, wait for me. And she immediately whipped out the inhaler and took one puff and started running. <laughs> the and I was like, she's funny. <laughs> She's gonna be she gonna be something. And then like how I think it was like season three, she became more of a detective. And she was like, Yeah, this, this, and this. And she pulled out a video of um Caesar and Monse. And I was like, bro, she she's a good one. She's a, she's sneaky, but she's a good one. And then she was um she also was kind of Ruby's like security blanket. Um, also in season three where um, she had to be there for his PTSD, always remembering um, what happened to Olivia, which was also in like season two, always being there for him. And I feel like she's also like, I feel like she, that's her role low key in life, always trying to help the, the person or help people in general. Mm-hmm. Um, just starting out from her dad always um, put, I think she was putting on suntan lotion on him because they was out in the sun. 
Yeah. Um, helping helping Monse with Caesar and stuff like that. She's she's very helpful person and care. Absolutely. Yeah. Where, where, where were y'all on in terms of the 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 stances between her and Ruby's relationship? Like, who do you believe was in the right and the wrong or indifferent? Well, um, quick thing about because I didn't mention how I felt about Jasmine. Oh, my I, bad. Go ahead. Basically, yeah. everything y'all said, absolutely. And shout out to Jessica Marie, Mar- Mar- Marie Garcia. You know, Gap twins. I'm surprised you ain't say this, Guatro. You know, she our Gap fam. You know, Gap. You already know. Oh like, yeah, she does have a Gap. I love. I like because one thing I will say, bro. Like I don't care what no one says. <laughs> Like, bro, like, like, bro, people with gaps, bro, like, we are dope, like, in period. But anyway, that was a yes, side note. That yes, was a we point. are. Yes, we are. We're we are dope. Class. We, we are dope. Um, And that is, that is part, bro, people, bro, don't get rid of your gaps. If, if it's good, if you don't got bad teeth and yo, you just got a gap, bro, let it shine. I'm not going to lie. If my kids, if my kids end up having the teeth that I have personally, they will be, <laughs> they will be getting braces. I don't blame. I'm dead. But I nah, mean, I was strong enough. I made it through all the torture and the bullying. I got through it. I'm fine. I'm the Ross nigga alive. But you know, my kids may not may not be that strong. I'm not even. Gonna, I'm not even gonna get in the chance. I'm just gonna go ahead. Hey, bro. Put some yeah. On there. Hey, yeah, bro. We gonna put them electrical dentures on you. Head out. But nah. Um, man. In, in the stance of her and Ruby, it was honestly. I do feel like who was in the right and the wrong. Man, it's so difficult. It feels like a gray area to me because, like, like their relationship was so interesting how it became to be. Um, it was ba- it, it, like, and I just don't know. Like, it's so hard to choose because I feel like Ruby was definitely not wrong for backing off of Jasmine because she was doing too much and not really letting him step out and be on his own. But to a certain extent, um, real Ruby, like. You was keeping shit from Jasmine, even though the shit he was keeping from Jasmine obviously played more with the core four because that's something hard. You can't really like he can't really tell her about Cuchillos. One, which is so problematic because people don't notice Jasmine still is um works with the police still. Mm-hmm. So why the hell would Ruby tell her all the shit he got going on? Like, that's the thing. It was so hard to choose. I'm like, well. Ruby wasn't being completely honest with Jasmine, but he can't because Jasmine works with the ops. And then that's that's how I feel. I, re- I really can't. I'm going to say I'm going to go with Jasmine. I'm going to go with Jasmine. All right. I mm. think I'm going to go with. I, I felt Ruby for sure. Like, I, I think I was going more so Ruby because like, I mean, he's like, damn, like, you know, I. I'm a, I'm a man. Like, you got to let me be a man. Like, you you are literally coddling me, picking my clothes out. Like, I don't need yeah. you to do all that. Like, I appreciate it. But sometimes it does become too much. And especially because Jasmine has always been a character that was too much. She just I can imagine her being too much in a relationship. And so, but after they broke up and kind of the way Ruby was acting, I definitely would, would go more, lean more so on the side of Jasmine just being like, all right, bro, like, I'm now trying to be for me. And like, you're not allowing that only for the fact that you want your girlfriend back and more importantly, somebody to have sex with. So it was just like, I feel Jasmine after the breakup for sure. Um, what about you, Prodigy? I don't know. Cause like their relationship was like from the beginning, it was kind of weird because you saw like Ruby not dressing like Ruby. Mm. Like he was having like this goth rock metallic look. And I was like, what did Jasmine do to Ruby? This isn't Ruby. And then like Ruby slowly started like like remembering, hey, this is not how I dress. I'm like this color, so I'm gonna wear this. And it 
it kind of played some more in the part like Ruby decided he needs to stand up for himself, which therefore I'm kind of saying it's Jasmine's fault. But like towards the breakup, Ruby was acting like um like I'm gonna say this. Ruby is basically like damn, I just broke up with my first love and I don't know if I can ever let her leave out of my clutches ever again, which brings back to what Jasmine said to Ruby at Monse's mom's um, funeral. I, I represent a clutch. And lo and behold, Ruby goes back to that. And like which brought into like when Jamal was start, was hanging out with Jasmine a lot and brought out the detective side of Ruby, like who she hanging out with. He's kind of leaning differently. Do you think he's getting it in with her? So therefore I kind of blame like Ruby for not keeping like a hundred percent, but how, like as Robert said, or like, how can you, keep it 100% with with Jasmine when she is working with the cops as, and doing all that. So I feel like I feel like it's a 50-50. Um, you can both kind of blame both of them in a sense. One for Jasmine being too clingy and then Ruby just not saying like, hey, uh, I can speak for myself in a sort of sense. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah, it was. I, it's just, man. I still can't like, like. I just never imagined they would get together because it's so many things that could prevent that. But I loved how they were too able to see past that. Like, I do love that about the, their characters. They were able to see past that and see each other, even though it was it was very problematic. For sure. Interesting. All right, moving on into spooky, 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 spooky. Or better known as Oscar or Oscar yeah, Diaz, Oscar. Julio Macias. Thoughts? Mm. Spooky Oscar. Uh, you can you can kind of say he was the f- the father father figure, brother of of um. Caesar, because for one, like Bray, their so-called dad was in jail. Um, so Spooky had to do everything. Um, but then again, when Caesar was talking about life, I think it was in like season season one, Spooky kind of like he kind of held it in his back pocket for season three, where he was where he left or at that time, like we didn't know how he left, but he left and started his own life where he wanted to cook, have a family and stuff like that. And then like, I, they called it, they did another callback in season four too, where he was like, um, you can leave right now and you can do what you want. Don't you want it to be an architect and stuff like that? which um, was showing that he cared and like he wanted Caesar to follow his dreams and stuff like that. Um, I, 
I hate the way that like he died, but we all kind of saw it coming because one, he had to save his little brother. So I'm a miss, miss Spooky. Spooky was, I feel like Spooky's an OG at that point. Like he's an OG. He got jumped out of the game for him and his brother. So his brother wouldn't have to endure that jump out. So he's, he's an OG. Yeah. I just want to say shout out to Quattro because none of us mentioned this on the last on my block review, but he said he thought he was going to die and he died. So who said shout that? Out to, you did. <laughs> so shout out to Quattro for, um, you know, speaking into existence. And even though we all thought it, but we just didn't say it because we didn't want it. To, we didn't want to see it happen. But man, spooky, man. He's the def. He's the definition of what can happen in the streets, and there's consequences to these actions. And I'm glad that the showrunners showed this. And um, and in regards to who he killed, there's a lot of exp- explanations out there. We can get to that later, but definitely he was the um, he was a father figure. He was Caesar's father figure. Um, definitely a catalyst to the person Caesar became. Um, overall, and um, I'm just happy that Oscar was getting to where he wanted to be. And I feel like Oscar, he had most of the stuff he wanted to do in life complete. He was finally able to work and be a chef, even though it wasn't seen. He was almost having a family. He just couldn't see his daughter be brought into the world. He found love that wasn't from the streets, wasn't some hyena, as they like to say uh, with the Santos. Hyena. So I was glad uh, I was glad Oscar found um, love and found life, honestly. He finally found a life outside of Free Ridge, even though he, it, he couldn't. He's like Moses. He couldn't see. He couldn't see the finish line. That that's kind of all I gotta say about Spooky. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, Spooky for me. My second favorite character. Uh, love, love to see the growth this season. Um, I just really I understand Caesar's his brother, and he wants to save him. But I always thought Caesar like got he he would get to a point where it was like it was it was too late. And he got jumped out the gang and he got sucked back in and ended up getting getting him killed. And that hurt me a lot. I was like, bro, he was literally on the way. Literally gets in the car and he's gone. And then for him to die the way he did. And then he was on the phone with his girl. And he just was like, he sees the car come. He's like, hey, like, Isabel, I love you. And then he dies. I was like, damn. Uh, but, you know, he was a good brother. And I love to see that he, like, turned his life around. You know, completely different character from season one. Um, just really cool. I, everything y'all said I agree with. Um Let's get into the next one. We'll talk some side characters. First one, of course, we got to talk about Abuelita. We've been rocking with her since season one, played by Peggy Blow. Thoughts on Abuelita? Marisal Martinez, man. Mm. Shout out, shout out to Abuelita, man. She was the, she, um, man, I loved her this season, man. Like her acting moment. Shout out to, um. Peggy, I, I just forgot her name, Jesus, but her acting was so good in this season, man. I, I cried like a baby when Abuelita died because I loved Abuelita so much. And she really was just a, she was like an OG. Like she was like an OG for me in regards to Jamal because Jamal helped her found life and continue to live even though she was battling. So it so it looks like Abuelita's actually been battling this stuff since season one. We just never knew. And man, Abuelita just... As a like, she reminds me of a grandma. She literally is a grandma, and like, she's dope. And <laughs> man, I just loved how her li- like carefree living life self. Like, even though shit was going on, I am still going to smoke my weed. I love that about Abuelita, man. She was dope. Um, 
She talked her shit. Like she definitely remind reminded me of some of these Hispanic grandmothers be when they be old, they be talking their shit and they don't care. And man, Abuelita was dope. Definitely just awesome how she how she creative she was to bring the core try to see the core four come back before she died. I I love to see that. And man, it was it was dope. Um seeing Abuelita being able to connect with everybody once more. Yeah, and like you said, I still wish they could have got Jamal's reaction for Abuelita's death. Cause that was I know that hit him hard, but Shout out to ah, him, bro. Abuelita's dead, bro. Come, bro, that just hurt me, dog. I'm tearing up thinking about it now, bro. Like it's like, dog. Because I know, I know what it's like to have somebody like that's like really your girl, your girl like that. And dang, it's it, it's a tough, it's a tough one, but but it was it was good. She always one of my favorite characters. You know, the smoking grandmama gotta love her. Her and Jamal's relationship was one of the staples of the show. Really gonna miss her. Uh, let's talk about um, let's talk about the parents. You know, we got some parent moments. I love what they got to sit down and tell them about like everything that's been going on in the show, pretty much. And the parents are all like, "What? Like, how do we, we got to figure this out?" And I didn't know how much I loved her, but Ruby's mom, Henny, bro, bro, yeah. oh my gosh, so yes, funny. Paula, Henny Garces, don't bro. play, bro. Henny do not play. Yes, bro. <laughs> Yes. Bro. And then I also really liked uh Monty, uh Monte's dad. He he was always a fun character. I really liked him too. Uh yeah. I got I'm glad we got to see a lot more of him. He's got a kid now in this season. He's got a new wife. Um he, he grew up as well. Um and you know the the stuff with Monte's stepfather, uh that was always interesting as well because you know, you know, Monte's got siblings through uh her mother, and you know, the stepdad's still around, you know, the father of those kids. And just like their whole dynamic that this season and the fight that they had, you know, with him finding out that uh, her mother called her the night she killed herself was really cool. Any thoughts on the parents? Um, I would say just shout out to Monty. Finally, shout out to Monty. And um, I just forgot his name, but Monty's stepdad for finally being able to move on from Selena, even though I know mm. that's a very hard thing to do. Um, I love that they moved on. We're not even moved on. Got got closure, you know. Got closure, yeah. Got closure, yeah. That's the right terminology. Um, I love the fact that um, Jamal's mom was a more had more of a say so with Jamal this season because she saw how Jamal was. Her and Jamal, Jamal and his parents were a lot more open. Obviously, after everything in regards to Roller World, but in the beginning, his mom and his mom was like, his mom's like, look. At least you know how to wrap it up, but still, this and that and this and that. I love seeing that, like with a parent and a kid being completely honest with each other. Ruby and his parents, um, I think season three is kind of where they opened up more. I loved Henny, man. Shout out to Paula Garces. And shout out to, she directed episode two, so she did pretty good there. Really? So yeah, she directed episode two. I didn't there. know that. Okay. Yeah, but shout out to, like, each parent was able to open up more to the kids. I love seeing that. Ray, bro, I've got to talk about Ray, man. I feel so bad for Ray. He literally mm. lost, he lost the son and. He got the at least he got the relate sort of got built got the relationship with Spooky, but I know Ray didn't have a lot of screen time in this season, but I know Ray too was going through a lot mentally. For sure, yeah, yeah, for sure. But I love to see how he had turned his life around and stuff like that. Yeah. And they were just trying to get Caesar there, you know. Um, what about um sorry about that. The the Santos, Sad Eyes, Joker, what are you, what are we thinking on them? Sad Eyes, I'm gonna say this now, Sad Eyes problematic he's a problematic guy like mm. we get, 
even though we don't really see it, but Side Eyes knew um, the situation with Spooky and Cuchillos. And uh, he's problematic. Like, he's a good guy. Like, he looked out for Spooky and all that. But he's very problematic because he was definitely Spooky's best friend. But he's problematic because he knew about who killed Cuchillos. He knew about everything. And and Joker, man, Joker, the real definition of a nigga from the streets. He want his money. He ain't go. He ain't gonna play about it. Like Joker is a Joker, and I loved him. Um, he was very Joker was very not just a funny character. He was a serious character for the Santos this season. Got you. Man. What about what about Lil Ricky and Chiva? Shout out to T. Shout out to Chivo, man. I love Chivo. Chivo was definitely funny. She went to my. She used my bathroom once. I just love Chivo's quick one-liners. Goaded like Chivo is goaded, bro, with his one-liners and his his face. It's so bro. crazy. I need to rewatch Sons of Anarchy to 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 clean my palate of Emilio Rivera's Chivo because he was one of the, like the the meanest Mexican gangsters in Sons of Anarchy. Like, dude would like cut your face off and would think twice about it. Yeah. And then now, anytime I think of this this, this actor, I think of Chivo. And oh God, like in bro, the, I didn't in the that was I didn't, it didn't recommend me that that was him until I went back and watched season two. I was like, wait a minute, how what? Yeah, boy, that's the leader right there. That's the leader of that biker gang that I can't remember. Which I'm pissing myself that I don't remember it right now. But yeah. oh, man, not mine. He was. Uh, I'm sure he made a thing. Yeah, little Ricky. I was just one thing that called to me. I'm like, bro, Lil Ricky faked his death, but when he meets Caesar, he gave him his name. But I feel like he just, I did, that's nothing too big. I just feel like Lil Ricky was like, hey, bro, look, it don't matter now. It's just like I'm Ricky Galindo. I think that was pretty cool. But his grave does say Lil Ricky, so I don't think a lot of people actually knew his actual name. But dude's dope. Oh, and shout out to Vero, bro. We gotta mention Vero. Um, I just forgot her real name. Vero. Man, Vero baddie, bro. And she was right. a ride or die for Caesar, though. When I tell you that scene where she popped off on Monse and Monse dodged it, bro. Like, <laughs> I, le- leading up, bro, I was like, oh, bro, Monse, you better get your head knocked oh, off, God. bro. You know, she, didn't, she didn't set her feet. She didn't, she popping the earrings off to change her voice, bro. Monse, you don't understand. Oh, really? She's gonna really? knock you the hell out. And then not only did she swing, but when Monse, when Monse weed the punch, Monse rolled the punch. If Monse was like that, Monse could have hit her back and she didn't went to sleep. Oh, God. Oh, I saw oh, the move. I was like, ooh. And I'm like, damn it. But the way she rolled the punch, I was like, bro, if she decided to hit you back, you was going to sleep. Like, there, you weren't waking up. <laughs> yeah, because Vero's momentum had got had, had bro, pushed back a little bit, too. Had her going fully the other way. Monse could have said, I know y'all heard what Jasmine said during that whole whole scene with her inhaler. She talking about some tag me in. Yeah. I got you, bro. Jasmine did that over. inhaler, bro. Everybody, bro. It's gonna be, bro. People gonna people gonna start the Jasmine challenge with that inhaler, bro. That, bro. Oh, and, and like earlier in this in the season, like episode like three, where they were in the liquor store with Caesar and Vero had gotten Monse's face, and Monse just was like, "Well, I'm not scared of you." And I was like, oh my God. I was like, let's do it right here, right now. In the liquor I don't care. I like, I like, I like Vero. Vero would have beat her ass for real. Bro, Vero, Vero like that, bro. I don't know now. I don't know, Cyrus, because we got a little sneak peek of that weave, bro. That weave was. That weave was nice, bro. But as I always say in a fight, bro, you're going to get one. 
I may if lose. you swing first, you losing. I'm I sorry. I may lose. You go, yeah, I'm going to get one. I might lose the fight, but I'm going to get one. You're going to remember that one. You're going to go home with something. Bro, but, did y'all peep Monse's eyes, though, after she leaved it, bro? She was like, yeah. Monse no. was like, oh, I'm about to get you now. <laughs> oh, God. That was some good acting by both of them right there. Bro, facts, man. But that. last thing, let's get into implications. Let's try to finish this in two and a half minutes. Uh, we got a Free Ridge spinoff. Uh, I don't know if we know much about that, but um, we'll, we'll, I think it's probably going to follow those kids that we're looking over or something like that. What do y'all think? Yeah, sure. it, yeah, they said it's going to follow those kids. Um, It's going to predominantly be female-led, which is kind of cool. Um, cool, cool. Because, you know, they had a lot of... They, the Most of the core four was guys, but now it's yeah. gonna be most of the core four is, a, is girls. So that's going to be That'd interesting. Be okay. Cool, 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 I cool. I can't wait to see that. I'm excited for it, man. On my block... Was a fun four seasons. Can't believe it's over, but we're gonna get some more, uh, more free ridge. Of course, it'll love. I would have loved to have seen a, a Brentwood show, like kind of on the opposite yes. side, of the, show, the opposite side. That'd have been kind of cool. Got to yes, because like Brentwood. Hopefully, bro, we get more Brentwood and Free Ridge. Yes, because I want what's her name to come back. Um, Rose. Rose was dope. Rose, love Rose. Rose. That's love Rose. All yes. right, let's close and close it up, man. You can catch me on Instagram at Quattro IV with the paper between the C and the U. Slick, oh, Instagram. Slick without the C underscore Rob 2 bs underscore on Instagram. And you can follow me on Instagram at champagne underscore prodigy. You already know. Yes, sir. Uh, check. Feel free to check out me and Fly Guy Ty's show, Brackets and B-Rolls, season two coming in March. Uh, you can catch us on Instagram at Brackets underscore B-Rolls, Twitter, Brackets underscore B-Rolls. And uh, feel free to check out Check out Muse Tallahassee, uh, the art collective I'm with. Sorry about my phone, y'all boys. That was uh, not supposed to be happening. We love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. We love you. Be great. Do something for somebody. Come to your talk. We oh, are one more out. Thing. One more oh. thing. One more thing. You got less than a minute. Hurry. Y'all remember this. Bitches be bonkers. I just had Bitches to say Bitches be bonkers. Facts. All right. Love y'all boys. Goodbye. Come to your talk.